Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. You've had a real long day. Nothing good is on the radio. So let's talk your troubles away. Just a couple of guys trying to analyze the things we do and see. Play a game or two, maybe an interview. Oh, what a place to be! It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. What a good way! What a good sign! What a good thing! It's a good day for a good time with good hang. So the idea is to keep it loosey and goosey, very loose, kind of goose, semi goose, semi goose, full a, loose, semi goose, a little down. Is this is this room echoey to you? Um, or am I hearing outside of my headphones and inside of my headphones? I think you're just hearing it inside your head. But a good point there. Is this room echoey? Is it? This is the room. room. What room are we in, John? Well, it's the room where it happens, Nathan. What room are we in specifically, John? We're in your room. We're in my new room. <gasps> your new room. Hey, hey, it's my new room. Um, yes. Yeah, it's a little bare bones at the moment, so it, it might be echoey, but I, I, I feel like maybe I can, I can fix that in post. Let's hope so. We'll see how that goes. And if not, then, you know... There's some ambience for all of y'all. There you go. You know, the, the, the sound may be echoey, but what the audience can't see, see is that the, the mood lighting here is very romantic. It's mm-hmm. like a I, warm I, I think orange glow. I would love to record more in this room. I guess there's, uh, once I fill it up a little bit more, maybe like get more curtains in here. Some sound dampeners. Yeah, because we are already sitting on this plush new rug. This is very plush. From Ikea. It is. It's very plush. Yeah, that I hope will not give me allergies. But this has been a journey, man. For the yeah. last um, week and a half or two weeks or so, um, we've been kind of uh, queer-eyeing this whole apartment. Yep. And I'm, I'm pretty much like good to move in already. Yeah, we're really getting there. Yeah. Like, I see a suitcase full of your stuff over there. Yeah. So I'm ready to go. And in case you missed the context of what we're talking about entirely, um, I'm moving in to the same apartment as John. Yeah, Nathan couldn't fight the feeling anymore. He's <laughs> like... I've been too far from John for too long. I was so drawn. Yeah. Yeah. But um, uh, it's finally happening. Yep. Uh, slowly moving into the space. Just that right now, things are a little bit busy with real life. So um, Life. Yeah. So, like, it's strange. So, like, as much as I wanted to move out and get my own space, right, mm. I'm realizing now, or at least the last few days, mm. because it's becoming more and more real, um... It's very strange moving out of a space that you've lived in for 24 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me. Yeah. It's very, very, very strange. Like, as I'm, as I'm keeping things and, like, kind of, like, slowly the reality is sinking in, I'm like, oh, like, I'm not going to be waking up in this space anymore. The Wait. stairs, and I can, I can walk around my entire house with my eyes closed, and then now it's, like, a completely different thing. It takes a while. Like, yeah. even when I moved in here, it took about... Six months? No, less than that, probably. Three months before it felt like I could like open my door and walk outside and not hit myself on something. Right. How long did you live in your previous place? Uh, that was about five years. Four, mm. four or five years? I've never lived anywhere as long as you've lived. Like, not even half as long as you've lived in your house. Yeah, it's it's been a good long while. I've lived there since I was six. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Same neighborhood, same stairs, same floor, same room. Although I think, I, I, yeah, same room, everything. Wow. Yeah. So it's a little bit weird. It's a little trippy. But um, this is exactly what I, I, I wanted to move for, a change of pace. Yeah. And like, it's only natural that the change is scary. It's only natural that the change is very um, alarming mm. internally. But um, I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun kind of designing this space, making it something a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Just a moment ago, before we started recording, Nathan was talking about what color to make his cabinets. Yeah. That's a conversation you don't have very often in your life. Yeah. And <laughs> speaking of which, I was actually thinking about this. The conversations that we've been having lately are just... Um, like an hour ago, we, you, you were just telling me how you need to go to Kiehl's and get new moisturizer. <laughs> Look, apparently, it turns out I don't have neutral face. I have oily face, mm-hmm. I guess. Because when I put my moisturizer, my facial fuel, it gets oily and then I get breakouts. So now I got to replace it with something more water-based. 
Skin Talk. Skin Talk. Welcome we, to Skin Talk. We might, skin. Well, we might as well just like become influencers at this point. And like one of us should. <laughs> Adver- like ne- our next sponsor will be uh, what's a Etude House? Yeah, and Fresh Beauty, or just Kiehl's because I like Kiehl's. Yeah, I've never They're, actually tried Kiehl's. Their stuff is good. I'll give you the ones that make my face oily. I've I've only tried uh, out of like all the the, the big brand ones mm. or like the specialty face things. I've only tried um, Lush. Lush. Because other than that. Throughout my entire life, I've either just used Cetaphil or like um, the cleanser that you get from Muji, which is surprisingly oh, great. That sounds good. Cetaphil's good, though. Cetaphil's like dermatologist approved or whatnot. It's, well, it's, it's trusted by dermatologists no. everywhere. They well, can't literally, be wrong. my aunt, who's a dermatologist, was the first person to give me Cetaphil. It's like the standard thing, right? Every mm-hmm. bathroom has one. But like, I feel like if you want to go to the next level and really look fresh as fuck, like you gotta you gotta do something a little bit more. So I've been, totally. I've, I've the last year or so, I've been using Lush, um, not a sponsor. Um, and but they re- reach out to us, Lush or Kiehl's, either one of you. Fight reach, for us, fight for us. Yeah, yeah. But I'm using this um, uh, 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 mask, like a like one of those that like, you slather it on and you you leave it. And you take a selfie. Yes, and it smells. Like mint chip ice cream. So, like, you want to eat your face? Is I kind of do. I tried it once. It doesn't taste like it smells. That's weird. Yeah. Speaking of Cetaphil, did you? I, I swear to God, someone talked. Someone like you know, hear me out on this because like I feel like they re-engineered their formula, but before, like a couple, like uh, maybe like a decade ago. But before that, Cetaphil smelled like jizz. It just smelled like cum. Are you sure that your brother wasn't just filling your bottle of Cetaphil at home oh, with jizz? God, I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Or I think I thought about that, and then I blocked it out, and now it's back. Mm-hmm. Oh man. It straight up does look like it, though. It does look like it. I feel like it's, it's, it's their own onus that they haven't changed it for decades. Mm. That it just, it has always looked like jizz, and it hasn't stopped looking like jizz. Yeah, Cetaphil. The jizz in a bottle. Cetaphil. The jizz for your face. Cetaphil. Come and try it. <laughs> hey, that's the one. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, hey guys, welcome to episode 102 of the Good Hang Podcast. Woo! I'm Nathan. I'm John. And I am not racist anymore. Uh, well, I mean, according to the internet. Well, enough time has passed. I feel like there's an expiry date on racist oh. being racist. That's fair enough. <laughs> uh, but you know what? I, I heard we did say that we weren't going to talk about segments, but we did get some messages about your recent racist past and oh, our wow. recent... Racist episode. We should get into that later. But we'll for now, get into that later. Yes. For now, I just want to hang out. Yeah. You know what's cool, Nathan? You know what's cool because, um, like, another advantage of of being recording in our apartment is mm-hmm. that now if I just throw my microphone, I can just hit. That's that's Rachel. I hit that, Rachel. That is your girlfriend right she now. She says in this room. <laughs> It's cool. Hi. This is the first time Rachel's listening in on the recording. Stop hitting your girlfriend with my microphones. I didn't mean to. Yeah. But it's cool. It's like it's 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 advantageous. Like also like I was like, oh no, I need to get my headphones. And usually I'd be like, I'll use one of yours, Nathan. But I just went into my room and get I get headphones. In other words, this good hang is up to a new level. It's much more convenient. It makes it it can be we can be much more lazy. Well, actually, no. If anything, we need to up the efficiency because there is literally no excuse anymore. Well, yeah. I mean, stop going to China and then. I I have been back for a while, but let's <laughs> let's let's talk about that. Um, so I. Uh, I think I mentioned uh, in episode 99 or 98 or something that some changes have been happening in China. China changes. China changes. But Mm -hmm. I haven't really been able to get into it or really talk about what's going on just because we've been talking about so much other random stuff. Because the government won't let them. (laughs) That's not true. That's right. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess where else to start, right? Just some quick updates on what's happening there. Yeah. So um, if y'all follow me outside of this podcast you will know that i have been pursuing um making music in china the chinese dream yes and um the last year plus or so has been relatively quiet Mm -hmm. because i was getting myself out of a previous contract right yes i shall not go into too many details in fear of you know whatever the government would let him (laughs) china they're like we need to stop hong kong and nathan artona (laughs) But um, but yeah. But now that you're free and clear of that, well, I mean, I I, I I I'm I signed with uh with Warner China back in March, GLWC, late March, yeah, cool. and uh, ever since then the pace has been coming back up again. Things have been moving again. I've been uh, writing a lot more, um, pretty much clean slate That's because great, you know new songs and everything. That's great. And uh, I mean, assuming this episode comes out the the day after we record it, 
we will probably be a week away from new releases. <gasps> oh my yeah, god! Ooh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's an ex- that's a good hang exclusive. Yeah, it's a good hang exclusive. What, what's a, what's a new release like to you? Is it like it'll release on like on like digital platforms or like pretty the YouTube much. video, yeah. their music video and stuff. Single MV everything. That's so cool. Yeah. So over the next few months, um, I'm pretty much trying to re jumpstart my music career because it's been kind of stagnant for a while, and I've been I've been painfully aware of it, and it sucks and it drives me crazy. But I'm mm. happy to be back writing again recording again so if any of y'all have been waiting it's coming yeah um and yeah it's been a really cool few months because ever since uh joining with warner china they've been sending me for uh songwriting camps yeah. this, this episode not sponsored by warner but warner come on reach out well anyway yeah technically i'm <laughs> sponsored by warner <laughs> that's true i guess um <laughs> yes you. but they've been sending you on songwriting camps which is like it's a new like thing summer camp but like Ish. So, so it's a new thing for me as well. I had never been to a songwriting camp ever. I had no idea what to expect. But uh, maybe three months ago, they they sent me to one in Sweden, Stockholm. Yeah, which was magical. And they, well, let's just backtrack. So the idea is that like you, it's like a, ret- a creative retreat where songwriters will go meet. Like, who did you meet? Okay, so you went to a place. Yeah. you went to a log cabin. No, no. So it's oh, not it's not sucks. as romanticized. Although I'm sure those exist. Mm. Um, that's definitely one way of doing it. There's no tr- one way to do a songwriting camp, but. So far, what I've experienced with the three months ago experience in Stockholm and as well as just a few days ago, I came back from Beijing okay, from so another try, songwriting let's camp. Let's try it again. So you took, you took a tent in your sleeping bag and then you went to Sweden. Yes. Then what happened? No, none of that. There what were the no fuck camps, kind of... This there is were no a bullshit outdoors. camp, Nathan. <laughs> it's really just um, collaborating with people that you probably wouldn't have collaborated unless you attend this thing where like this... It's like a forum, kind of. Mm. And um, how the Sweden one worked is that there were several writers and producers from cool, Sweden. Cool. And I think about approximately 12 or 13. And every day, you'll be in a different studio with four, uh, three different people. Two mm. writers and one producer. This is all in one place? This is all in one studio with multiple rooms. Wow, that's so yeah. cool. So over the course of three days, I'm in three different rooms with three different people. And every day, we just kind of get as much work done as possible. So in the three days I was in Sweden, I got three uh, songs pretty much 95% done. Yeah, with that's... lyrics, arrangements, melodies, everything. Um, one song a day. That's incredible to me that like, yeah, because Nathan told me this before, obviously. And it's like, it's incredible that you can like, oh, I went away and now I have songs that are ready to go to an album. Like that, that's how it works. It's not like you spend years slaving over getting the right adjective and this right... There's really no one way to whatever do Whatever the fuck, that's crazy. No, but that's the thing. It's It's like any form of art there's no one way to do it this is just one of the ways mm. of course another way is that i am just like in my bedroom um for three days straight then all of a sudden like amongst one of those three days i write and record a song that's one way it you is look out well. the window yeah think about the world and it starts raining yeah yeah but um conversely another way that it happened just a few days ago when i was in beijing was um and this was very different but i did a songwriting camp in beijing with five concurrent rooms mm. And every room had like two to three people working on songs. So how this one worked was very different because all five rooms were writing with intention to sell the songs to me. Mm. To you, specifically. Yes. yes. And I could pretty much bounce back and forth the rooms uh, whenever so I So like who's in the rooms? Like some, a, a songwriter and... So usually it's going to be a lyricist, uh-huh. an engineer, uh-huh. and a producer. Cool. But nowadays, all those roles are kind of like done by swedish people <laughs> no nowadays all those rules are uh, roles are kind of mixed okay. so you'll sometimes have a producer that also writes lyrics or an engineer that also like produces so you know it's usually just a combination of three people so i like that the, what what i can gather from the difference between sweden and china is that the china one is more like factory it's like a factory line oh well that's it's like five different things working the same thing that's no 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 uh, different, different things, things yeah me, but yeah that's that's arguable because like the sweden thing it it technically kind of has like a factory kind of look i'm just trying to get, i'm to trying to say sh- get you to say shit about china so <laughs> just trying to get you in trouble um it was just different approaches really but yeah. i mean like but like in sweden everyone was kind of organically writing and here they were in china they were specifically write stuff for you like oh what what's nathan's voice oh no no what sweden was also for me damn because i was in the room like i was in the room of those people so if anything those were more personally for me um but these ones it was kind of a general wash definitely but still the music making process wasn't extremely different from sweden Mm. in terms of like what was happening in the rooms what was different for me was that there were five concurrent rooms going on for two days straight so at the end of those two days i got 12 fucking songs (laughs) 
That's incredible. Yeah, 12, because like it, I was just like bouncing back and forth. Of course, like they weren't complete songs. Um, maybe like two or three of them had the lyrics, melodies, and arrangement. And then like six of them had just a melody and arrangement. Then a bunch of them was just like uh, a beat or like sure. something, like sure. an underlying thing. Um, but for the most part, I think excluding the ones with just a beat, we got 12 songs. 12 songs. And they're all like high enough quality to go on your album. Uh, well, they're high enough quality to go to someone's album. Someone's album. Yeah, um, because like, uh, tr- I think now that I've listened to them over the course of the last few days, about five or six of them I would like to keep. The rest uh-huh. I would probably like, or they would probably like, just give, give it, to, it B- to someone else. BTS. Yes, exactly. Because Post Malone. Usually that's how these things work. Say, mm-hmm. for example, like um, Beyonce wants to release a new album. Mm-hmm. Then she'll just, her label will hold a songwriting camp for Beyonce. Go to China. And they'll get like the best producers, the best engineers, the best lyricists, and they just spend three, four, five days in a in a studio somewhere and just write for Beyonce. That's and amazing. then she will listen to them and then like pick the best one from there. That's so interesting That's to hear like how this works because it has, has this been the way music's always been written? Is this like, it's just, it's kind you- of the way that pop music nowadays has been written. Right. I, of course you can't really like, it's, it's different. It's different of course, for of course, everybody. Course. Like, for example, but like when you look at like an album and you see the writers, that's why there's always three or four per exactly. song and it's different. Exactly. Like, exactly. Unlike Billie Eilish, who's, you know, more, more original than you guys, mm-hmm. than, you, than you and Beyonce. Yeah. And uh, her, she's written all her songs with her brother or whatever. But yeah, yeah, yeah obviously, yeah. yeah. Like, again, it's, like it's all really, art. There's no one way to do it. Yeah, it's really different for everybody. So like um, what you usually see as well is sometimes like early in an artist's career, it would just be two or three of them. And then like later on, they get in more people because mm. of course, you want to expand it for example at Hollow Notes in the yes. beginning all of their stuff was written by just Daryl Hall and John John Oates <laughs> I don't know um, why I know that by the way <laughs> yeah and uh, over time it just got more people involved because you know you want to make it bigger you want to make it more interesting you want to make it um, just different a little flavors. bit more yeah different flavors yeah. because uh, so much music can only come out of one brain that's why the Beatles broke up oh too many like, flavors you no know, like McCartney and Lennon couldn't do it they couldn't like they didn't because they didn't bring in new people oh they just kept it within themselves oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like if John, if Yoko Ono actually wrote some songs, like rah, 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 the song, <laughs> maybe they would have been together. John would still be alive. <sighs> Yoko, what could have been? I hate talking about Yoko so much because she's Japanese. Than that, but also because <laughs> because it's just so uh Like I've, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast at least twice before. I have never heard you go on a diatribe about Yoko Ono. What? Okay, there is a video. I'm pretty sure at least once. Yes, the Chuck Berry thing. There is a video on YouTube. The Chuck Berry Look thing, this up. Yes. Chuck Berry performing with John Lennon. Yeah, we, we, we probably brought this up like 80 episodes ago, yeah. which was probably like four years ago. So yeah. I'll put it back in the show notes. Yeah, but look this up, guys. Uh, John Lennon is doing a uh, live performance with one of his musical heroes, Chuck Berry. And they're singing Chuck Berry's hit song, Johnny Be Good. Yes. And of course, John Lennon invites Yoko onto the stage because... Because he's whipped. Very much. Whoopa. Yeah. But um, he, he, uh, Yoko is also by there uh, on the stage. I think she's playing the tambourine or something. Yep. She's playing some kind of percussive thing. Yeah, the tambourine or something yeah. like that. And the whole time, like while John Lennon is singing with Chuck Berry, his musical hero, I can't state that enough, Yoko is at the side going, she goes on a real journey because she's like, okay, standard song, so boring. I'm just here hearing the tambourine. This is what makes it better. And she like grabs a microphone, doesn't she? Yeah. And she's like, It's the most like attention-seeking thing ever. And you literally see like Chuck Berry's His face eyes just become go, like, a meme. Like yeah. they're just kind of like, like anime. Like, like they're just like, who is bitch? It's like, it's so, it's... And he it's keeps his composure. I mean, right? you have to. They're live on TV, yeah. right? But still, I... I, I, I I, I I just want to know in that moment in time what was John Lennon thinking? Was he thinking like this is the love of my life? Yeah, or was he like God damn it, God damn she's so sexy. <laughs> oh, can't wait after we get home from here. We're going to go make some wild love. Yeah, peace and love with Miyoko. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't, I, like, I don't like my sons. Uh, they remind me of a bad toy. <laughs> Did he have children? Yeah. No. Oh. Yoko and John had Sean, but before that they had uh, Hey Jews. Jude, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Rachel Chin is right. Um, Sean Lennon is Yoko and John's kid, and he's like, he's he was born like a couple years before John died. He's like, yeah, whatever. He was only born in the eighties, but then before that was Julian Lennon, not Shoko. Shoko, Sean They've, and Shoko. John and Yoko should have been Joko. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, yeah. They had like a son who, by the way, if you look him up, Nathan Jules Lennon looks just like John Lennon. It's creepy. Oh wow! Yeah, but you don't. Yeah, you don't know what Hey Jude's about. 
No, never looked it up. Yeah, dude. Hey Jude is about Paul McCartney. It was like when John and oh, I, I really should know her name, but his wife at the time mm-hmm. were going were getting divorced. Yeah. And then Julian was all sad. And then Paul was like, Hey hey Jules, don't uh, don't make it bad. Take a sad song, make it better. Right. And then someone came along, probably Ringo or something, like, Jules is a stupid name, we should call him Jude instead. Yes. Well, so there you go. That's there's some, there's some Beatles trivia for y'all. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been up to China-wise. Just cool. kind of China like... China-wise, China-wise. Yeah. Making new music. China-wise, it's coming China-wise. out. I'm excited. I don't know where it's going to go. I'm going to be spending a bit more time in China. That's but, great, man. Um, we're going to be banking a bunch of episodes before For that. sure, so we can get some guests on. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of China, oh man, for once I get to talk about China. Go for it. Because you know what I've been up to, Nathan? What? I'm doing a new show with the Singapore Repertory Theatre. And this has to do with China because... Oh, we, we just wait for it. Yes, stuff is big. <laughs> so the show is called Caught, right? Uh-huh. And it's kind, of, it's kind of a cool show. Like, I'm not exactly acting in it. I'm more playing a host. But that's because the show itself, it's not a traditional play in the traditional sense. It's like a play, uh, an art gallery opening, and a party, like, all wrapped up in one. Right. So the cool thing about this show is that we got this artist from China mm-hmm. who is coming in to talk about his experiences of being imprisoned in China. Because, yeah, that's yeah, pretty cool, right? Like, he, um, he made some... <laughs> you'll like this, Nathan. So you know what he was put in prison for? What? So a couple of years back, around the time of the, uh, the, the Tiananmen anniversary, uh-huh. which is when? Do you know? I have no idea. You're a bad Chinese person. Yep. Uh, anyway, around the time of that, he was trying to organize, like, a fake protest mm-hmm. so he was like there was going to be a protest at this time with the logo is like save uh remember the lost or whatever right mm-hmm. and he was gonna be at this time at this place and, and th- at this time at this date and but he never said a place mm-hmm. and so it kind of went viral in china as things can do apparently uh-huh. and then like the chinese government got wind of it fucking took him away and threw him in prison for two years oh wow what year was this this was a couple years ago i can't remember exactly when but um, but social media times. Social media times. Okay, it's like three or four years ago. Rachel will tell you, but she doesn't have a microphone, right? Because she's doing the same show too. <laughs> so anyway, he's been touring the world, like giving his experience, like showing his art, and part of his art is like this theatrical experience that kind of delves into like his time in in prison and stuff. So that's where we're helping out with. Oh, and then on top of that, it's kind of like an art gallery opening, so there'd be like drinking and some food. It's awesome. all about East Sweet Mess culture and dissonance. It's really cool. You're already invited to come. Yeah, yeah. So it's so like I an interactive experience kind of thing. Yeah. Oh. It's that whole thing of like, it's not quite sleep no more. You know, right. it's not like like do whatever you want. So it's not, it a, is, it's not a sit-down show. It's not a sit-down show by any means, for yeah. sure. Awesome. Dude, it's cool. It's cool. And like, if that at all piques your interest, dear listener, you should come because more than likely you are young, and if not, that's okay. Uh, but if you're between, if you're under the age of twenty five, apparently you can get tickets to the show for fifteen dollars. When's it running? It's run, Rachel Chin. <laughs> it the uh, the show runs to the tenth of September, like the first week of September to the first week of October. And where can they find information about this? Cot.sg. Yes, you got it. One all thing right. right, you got it. Okay, <laughs> that's really bad. That I don't remember the details, but the details are in the show notes. So mm-hmm. that's what I've been doing, dude. It's awesome. but it's been a really like interesting experience. How so? Because like the director of the show, he has this whole style where he makes a play like a theatrical event, a full on like a party. Right. Like you should meet this guy, by the way. So. The guy who's like overseeing some things, he like he he used to hold parties in New York that would like cater to this whole event. So he's co-directing it along with his Chinese person, but his part of it is getting us to interact with the guests and stuff to get them to really inter- in, uh, like get into the art and stuff. And how scripted is it? Which part? Like those interactions with the guests. Oh, that's going to be totally improvised, my friend. Ah. But he's been training us, this particular guy, to like be like good art people. Right. To facilitate. So you don't go way too far off the, the intention of the show. Exactly. Nice. So like our rehearsals this week um, for us hosts has been just like, how do you introduce yourself? How do you introduce other people to each other? Right. What makes you interesting? Right. So it's been hours and hours of just like, hi, my name is John. I'm from the Philippines and I like art. Right. And he's like, good. <laughs> <laughs> so dude, come check out the show. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the, it must have, it must be kind of like terrifying that like the show or like the, the entire crux of this ticketed experience is completely, there's no floor because it's completely reliant on like the, the openness of the people you're speaking to. Not completely. Like, I think right. the show is well designed in that, like, 
if you want to go there and just listen to the artist talk and like taking that experience, like uh-huh. that's totally valid. If you uh, want to go there and kind of just relax and kind of do your own thing, that's totally valid too. So that's what's cool about the show. Awesome. Yeah. It's, what's that? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> she said it's a rabbit hole. So like Nathan, how how much will you go down the rabbit hole? Understood. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've gone for like a an, rabbit an, hole. Uh, it's been a while since I've actually no. I go. I go through many just rabbit constantly. holes. Constantly, constantly literal I, I, ones though. Pretty just like much burrowing out in the field. Pretty much. I think what was the last rabbit hole I got into? Um, not literal ones. <laughs> the last rabbit hole I got into was about John McAfee. Oh, are you talking about like an internet rabbit hole? Yeah. Okay. Those are the ones I get to like uh, like pretty much on a nightly basis. So in other words, you click on a link and that leads you to another link that leads you to another link. More or less. It's 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 almost always like YouTube and then YouTube related. Yeah, it's related, designed, related, it's designed related. to do that, bro. Yeah, YouTube I know. I hate it and I am a prisoner of it. Yeah, it's okay. John McAfee, the, the, the securities guy? Yeah, John McAfee, the guy that uh, created McAfee virus scanner or whatever. Yeah. And is also um, a libertarian candidate for the 2020 race. What the fuck? You know more about the democratic race than anyone <laughs> no no i've just been following andrew yang specifically sure um but i can go on for ages about that it's beautiful i can't wait to see where that goes i won't talk about it here again because it's too much but john mcafee a f- fascinating person because he is insane like he's actually like properly insane he 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 faked a heart attack to get out of the country because he was being arrested for suspected murder <laughs> etc yeah that's what? just that's kind of just like the the surface so like i'll let you guys climb into a rabbit hole if you are at all curious uh, oh my goodness yeah um uh, yeah wait wait okay you got to give us more than that that's like too much of a of a dick tease there to not no, okay. He's pretty much just like um, ever since he made all his money and his fortune from McAfee virus scanner. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he still gets like residual money from yeah. that, especially because it's still around, right? It's under his name. Yeah. Um, he he's he's gone on to open many weird and failed businesses. Like there was this period of time where he tried to make like mobile flight. Uh, like this, you know, kind of like a paraglider, but not really, and just much more dangerous, like a motorized paraglider. He tried to make that like a sport. What the fuck? He opened like a facility for it, but like one guy died and he had to close it down. Dude, that's how you know you really made it, right? When you're so rich that you can... I'm interested in this thing and then people die. It's like fuck me money. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's like, like you screw yourself. You it's it's No, it's fuck me money because you screw yourself over a bit, I but guess. you still have enough to do more shit. <laughs> um, and I think crazy. now he lives in like somewhere in South America constantly surrounded by prostitutes um just kind of doing his own thing sure. um he's very he's very very into psychedelics and all kinds of bath salts and drugs and all that kind of Ooh, stuff and you said he's running for president i mean he's anyone can just, I mean, clearly <laughs> anyone can win too oh geez yeah i said it <laughs> yeah okay yeah i mean he's running he's not gonna go very far but you know he's he's trying well, not with that attitude not if his supporters say that <laughs> But yeah, it was. I, I got into a rabbit hole about him. I've kind of been on this perpetual Andrew Yang rabbit hole because mm-hmm. I find him amazing. He's your man crush at the moment. He is. He's daddy. Um, <laughs> but yeah. that, that's his campaign slogan. Yeah. Andrew I'm Yang, d- vote for daddy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's weird. But it's fascinating because, because I've been looking into all these political thingies here and there, mm-hmm. right? I'm also realizing like... Um, there is a, a sliver of truth behind a lot of what Trump says in terms of like fake news media, ma- um, um, mainstream media bias. It really does exist, and not just with Fox News. Uh, CNN actually has quite a lot of bias, and it's quite terrifying because like I've always thought CNN was like the most like um, unbiased, the most kind of like reliable, just giving you information yeah. source. Turns out it's not. They're it, kind. It, it's impossible. Yeah, it's impo- I guess because like these companies are owned by people, and people have their preferences. Yeah, but it, it was slightly possible back in the day before the, the the left and the right were super like completely different people. Yeah, but it's not very possible now. But anyway, yeah. What did you discover? Oh no, it's just it's just that that like they're not entirely unbiased. Mm. Like for example, like there were these articles. Um, that completely dismiss certain candidates that are doing very well um, uh, just because it doesn't line up with their interests or with maybe that philosophy. Yeah. Or maybe that politician's interest is complete is, is, is in direct competition to theirs and they're fearful. Um, so they'll just completely just like not put them into article or something, even though they're like polling at seventh or eighth and, but they'll cover someone polling at like 15th, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, anyway, that's all boring stuff. But That's all cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, I mean, 
yeah, what else have you been up to other than this quat show? Well, you know what? You know what's what I've been up to is that I've been getting this podcast back off the ground together with you, Nathan. Mm-hmm. And part of that is finally we've got some notes from our friends, the listeners. Oh my goodness. Would you like to read some shit? Sure. Are we going to play the jingle? Why not? Listen to us talk all day. You've got things you want to say. All you do is ask. Because we read your shit. All right, cool. So this is from our Instagram. This is from someone who wishes to remain anonymous. So let's just call him... Um, anonymous. <laughs> anonymous. I'm not a moose. I'm not a moose. This is from Anonymous. He goes, hi, thanks for discussing an important issue at length in your latest podcast. Uh, I work with adolescents. I'm not sure which reference. <laughs> He's talking about the one where you're racist. He's yes, talking about probably. Yeah. yeah. 101. Was that 101? Yeah. Yeah. He says, or they say... The moose says, I work with adolescents in a school, not a teacher though, and discrimination is my daily battle. Gay, autistic, dumpling, referring to a person from China, at least I can afford this. These are all air quotes. So quote gay, autistic, these are things they hear. People call Chinese people dumplings? I'm going to start after reading this message, (laughs) that's for sure. I Ah, don't think that was the goal. Anyway, go I get called dumpling because I'm chubby uh, ah, it frustrates me as it frustrates me as hell and it really gets me down too because surviving a system sometimes means i can't keep fighting the system mm. interesting anyway preamble aside i was rather disappointed that the podcast didn't discuss the penalty cna made and the public statement the siblings released mm. around that time point i noticed that local artists i follow stopped c- commenting and publicly discussing about the topic there's the sense of top-down pressure and fear that no one is talking about publicly uh, publicly as a person on the ground trying to fight discrimination, I really want to understand what I now don't. Right. There's no obligation you're in, but if you don't mind sharing your thoughts, please do. And I said, fuck you, <laughs> business. So that's from Anonymous. Uh, what did you actually reply? I said, hey, <laughs> thanks for taking the time to message us, and thanks for listening. Uh, blah, blah, blah. We'll talk about the next episode. That's All right. Yeah, said. let's. So okay. So... Um, Specifically about the penalties from CNA. Just like just the general penalties that both um, Pretty and Subas experienced. So just a real, real, like going back. So this is <laughs> this is in reference to the episode where we talked about, yeah, the, the whole thing with Pretty Please and Channel News Asia and the... E-pay, e-pay all the whole thing. Blah, blah, blah. So if you're a local, you pretty much are you're over it. Yeah. But let's the, let's open up that can of worms again. Yeah, and if, and if you don't know about it, just look up an article or something. We're too busy or too, too lazy to re-describe everything <laughs> step by step. But um, I, I think we didn't cover it before because there was just a lot more things to talk about around the issue. Yeah. But um, I think without question, Pretty and Subas um, were like, like the, 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 the punishment, open inverted commas, or like the penalty that they got was completely disproportionate to like the the act that they committed. So it's like I'm totally ignorant on this. So what exactly was the penalty they Okay, received? so they were well first of all it was published in the news that they were under investigation and that there was a police report filed against them that even a minister came out and and said something about it. Mm. So it instantly just kind of shot them up to become like these public um offenders almost because it was framed that way by the media. Um and uh I believe uh, what was it? Yeah, they were just they were under investigation, and they had to make a public apology. Um, of which, which they we'll get back to that later because that's my favorite part. Yeah, they they kind of parodied an apology. Yeah. And, and 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 something I forgot. MHA. Yeah, I'll, Ministry I'll, of I'll, Home I'll Affairs. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, I I think the the response that they got from the authorities was completely disproportionate to like the act committed um, versus also just, I guess because a lot of people are also saying like, oh, the nothing happened to the Dennis guy, nothing happened to uh, the Nets people, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that what they did was framed as trying to incite racial uh, 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 tension, mm. I guess, um, which is debatable. I really think the video can be viewed from many viewpoints. It can be viewed with a lot of different ways. It can be viewed in a lot of different ways, but I think how most people consumed and digested the video was from the first 30 to 60 seconds. Yes. From which they just got like, oh, they don't like Chinese people. They say they the use F- the F word. They say the F word. Uh, later, the children here, then how? Yeah, but it was just, you know, um, I think it was taken very much without a lot of context um, because a lot of Pretty's previous content is just as abrasive. It is just as, what's the word? Parod- parod- 
parody? paradoxical. No, that's not the word. What's the word that I'm looking for? Parody. Parodying. Yeah. It was, it was, it periodic was, table. <laughs> yeah. Um, it had that same bite. Everything kind of had this very like tongue in cheek tone to it. Very much like the, the video that they put out about the ePay ad mm. thing. It's just that this one caught more attention, I guess, because of the the, just the, the right confluence of um, events with the mothership article coming out. It's all those F-bombs. Yeah. They said F-words. It was just a very disproportionate kind of response. And especially, um, uh, I think what this person is, this reader, listener is speaking about is how Channel News Asia removed um, Subas from a documentary, from right? a music documentary yeah. that he was doing. And... Um, that one was kind of a step too far, I think. Was he like edited it out or they just didn't release it? Or did he have his own episode? I think you know a little bit about this, yeah, right? Yeah, I know a little bit about it. I, I know that each artist, so it was um, Subas, Ben King, uh, Aisha, Aziz, and Wei Liang, mm. uh, one of the A Boys to Men. And each of them wrote a song kind of describing their Singaporean experience or wanting to cover a topic regarding the Singaporean experience. And I believe they each got their own segment or their own episode. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they tied it in together. I really don't know. I didn't catch it. Sorry. Um, but um, his part got removed. He did a song called Utopia. It was about, and, and it was featuring the Migrant Workers Band of Singapore, where he got a bunch of migrant workers who played musical instruments and had a band. And they were um, like from overseas, like Bangladeshi workers. I'm not sure exactly not, from where. But like, my, but they were they not are from foreign Singapore. workers yeah, in yeah, Singapore. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I heard the song a few times and I thought it was a great song. It was a great message. Mm-hmm. It was a very important message, actually, um, to kind of open our eyes to the foreign workers' plight in Singapore or just how we, a lot of people in Singapore view foreign workers as like um, sometimes even subhuman, you know, because like it's, it, 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 they're very much treated like the invisible people of this country, hmm. even though they literally build it. Um, so, yeah, it was an important message. Um, it was an important topic. But alas, because of the whole blow up of the video, because mm. it was f- they were framed as offenders. They, it was, they were framed as having a police report. A friggin minister made a comment about it because of all that kind of negative buzz around it. Yeah. Media Corp, which uh, owns Channel News Asia, which did a documentary, of course, wanted no part of that. Yeah, and they just immediately backed off out from it just and, and get, just like just rub, uh, wash your hands of it, get out of there. Yeah, pretty much took him right yeah. out. And I thought that was kind of uh, really far because at this point, right? Um, I mean, it's, it's crazy they didn't like delay it. Like they straight up like just got out, got out, got him out of it. Yeah, it, it's it's mm-hmm. it's very very strange because. Uh, from what I understand from the documentary, because I heard all the tracks. I didn't watch the documentary, but I heard the tracks. Mm. Some of them were a more general kind of like talking about, oh, Singapore as a multicultural place, Singapore as like a, like a place where uh, people have worked so hard for 54 years or whatever. But some of the songs were also just about the struggles of this country and the struggles that people are experiencing, such as like the, the pressure of the education system mm. or the foreign workers Train thing. breakdowns. <laughs> It didn't go that shallow, but it was actually going a layer deeper than just your 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 standard National Day songs. Right. It was actually questioning a lot of things and like putting into light like the the more taboo topics that we don't talk about in Singapore. So right. it blew my mind that a documentary with this angle would then completely censor and remove somebody who was bringing up a topic that was very taboo in the country. It just he just crossed the line. It was just timing, right? It's a timing thing, I guess. But like, it's also just. Okay, well, how, how I viewed it and how I kind of like uh, saw it as unfair is that you are p- punishing artists mm-hmm. for speaking out and not just that, you are now directly affecting their rice bowl, for yeah. lack of a better term. Like, I mean, this Subas, for all intents and purposes, is not like a very famous rapper in Singapore, but, you know... Uh, besides this craziness of the ePay thing, which is really just like fluff and like a lot of unnecessary noise, yeah. this CNA thing, which had a very important message and it was a legitimately like well-written piece of music, um, which could have elevated him or at least like done something for him um, in terms of like job opportunities or like uh, just musical respect, or whatever just getting it is. his music out there. Getting, getting his that music out there. out there, exactly. Yeah. That was taken away from him. Yeah. And, you know, of course, it's debatable. Some people say, oh, because you do this bad thing. So, you know, of course they take. But really, it's all one and the same, right? It was all just an expression. It was all just an expression about the, the, the things that affect him as an as a artist, specifically a minority hip-hop artist. And um, 
Yeah, I thought that part wasn't exactly cool for both of them, Pretty and Subas, that this whole controversy, this whole thing has directly affected um, their um, ability to book commercial jobs and earn money for themselves in a... Because it's it's already difficult out there to earn money in this line anyway. Yeah, man. It's the whole thing. That's, you ever heard of the term uh, cancel culture? No. It's the idea that, yeah, if a celebrity or someone with influence speaks out, gets out of line, people boycott that person and then they can't work again. They're canceled. Right. So that's kind of what happened here. It's kind of sad. It's quite sad. Yeah. But it, it but I mean, the, the I feel like it's just like, I mean, that's Singapore, man. It's like, that's, that's why there's censorship. <laughs> If yeah. they don't, if they don't outright you sense, if they can't censor you before, they'll do this. They'll censor you after. Yeah, it's also the nature of the modern news culture, I guess, because this whole thing kind of blew up because of a. Um, it, it never really penetrated past the surface level of the message they were trying to put out. Mm. It really just stopped at the conversation of like these two people are trying to start shit. They're trying yep. to stir shit. They're they're upset at Chinese people. And very few people actually got deeper into the conversation about what does this mean? What does this whole conflict mean? What does this um, uh, outburst of anger mean? Um, And as opposed to having a proper conversation about it, a lot of people were just very quick to just condemn and now shut them out. It's easy to do that. It's much easier, I guess. It's easier to condemn condemn and cancel than it is to like have a discussion, a debate, or whatever. Outrage. Allow someone to have a different view from you in the world. But it's it's crazy because it's like... It's that whole idea of like they were punching up, they were speaking truth to power, mm-hmm. and the power didn't let it, so they got rid of it. Mm. So sad. Quite. But I wanted to touch upon. I feel like they they almost got the last word in, which is my favorite part was like their apology, uh-huh. which is like the first or the second one. I, ooh, there's two of them. The the one I'm talking about is the written one. The one that imitated the yeah okay so is there one after that yeah so actually oh. <laughs> no here's the show so uh, you'll 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 enjoy this or it might make you angry probably but both when they did that first apology that mimicked the one that came out from Havas mm. which was the marketing company that did the ePay ad yeah so the first thing um, yeah it was Havas was the the yes. company they came out with the after there was outrage originally yeah. uh, over their original ad with the brown facing they came out with the apology yes and then. After all the response to that, including Pretty Please's original rap video, yeah. they and they were forced to apologize. They mimicked, they quoted almost yeah. the apology, almost word for word, just changing the things, which yeah. I thought was dope, which was a good act of defiance. It was a little tongue in cheek. But yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, that act of defiance um, Costed them even more. garnered That's another sad. letter from the MHA. Basically take saying, this seriously. yeah, basically saying, take this seriously. We're very upset with your fake apology. So they released a real one after. Uh, um, it's all really silly. It's all really dumb. But on, um, and it's kind of, I guess, in terms of the news cycle, this story is very much passe and very much over. But which I just think, goes to show, no, no. But it I think the over con- eventually. The, but the conversation is still important. The Hopefully, conversation yes. still needs to happen because I was speaking to some friends recently. Um, and they're not in the scene. They're uh, all nine to fivers. And I remember speaking to them about like, you know, just getting their opinion on whether or not you thought this was okay or not okay. And mm-hmm. some of them thought it was fine, which was fair, you know, mm-hmm. everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But then I, I, I followed up with saying, okay, so you think it's fine, right? So first of all, would you, and I said this to them, would you or would you not agree that um, Indian people and Malay people are generally like they generally get the short shrift in Singapore marginalized yeah yeah and a lot of them don't believe so a lot yeah. of them disagree well, who and are you talking to my friends <laughs> like Chinese, people that I've known for many many years and it blew my mind your Chinese friends yeah that's why bro yeah no but see it blows my mind that like because I guess in, in a way that we maybe live in a bubble mm-hmm. because we are in the entertainment scene because we see a lot more up close and because of the, the diversity in Singapore's entertainment scene we see a lot more up close the job opportunities that people get which is not a lot of jobs going around in this scene yeah but we see where those jobs go and where they don't go it's a lot more obvious to us say for example than if you're working in a bank with only Chinese people there but even then it's like those without those with privilege it's they're loath to see the effects of their privilege because like the reason why people of color tend to be marginalized is because they're not the majority culture Mm -hmm. and to them like they don't if those who are privileged don't see their privilege and in general it's it's, it's, and in general it's difficult sometimes even if you might even think it exists it's difficult to admit to it because you never asked for it but even then it's like it's invisible the privilege is invisible but the struggles of the lack of privilege is very palpable (sighs) Yeah, it it just blew my mind that some people tr- don't see that or at least acknowledge it because mm. like, I mean, 
I, 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 I 100%, 300% come from a place of privilege. I grew up very comfortably. Yep. Um, and I guess I'm also lucky enough that I was able to see the effects of the, the society on minority races. Um, so I, I also see that minorities don't enjoy a lot of the things that Chinese people uh, yeah. enjoy. Like, but there's just certain things. For example, like in the army, Muslims straight up get the short shrift. Yeah, they get put in the front lines. And like you can't they don't, be, they don't give them a gun. You can't be a... That's not true. <laughs> they get guns. <laughs> Fake news. Um, they're not allowed to be pilots. Oh, They're not allowed... I mean, that that is just one fact. Is that because they need to Of pray? a list of many. No, it's because... While they're flying. Like, they can't just stop flying. <laughs> the excuse is... Yeah, what is the official stance? I'm so curious. The official excuse is that should uh, Singapore go into war with... with steal its, a plane. <laughs> no, no, no. If Singapore were to go into war with its most likely opponent, Malaysia... Yeah. Would they then be tied to their Muslim uh, 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 bias? Or would they then be Singaporeans instead? It's... it's but yeah, they'll still they'll steal an F sixteen. They'll steal an F eight. F what is it's it? It's kind of like oh, they go up in the air and then they turn around. Like ha ha ha, got you. Oh my god, it's 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 just that fact alone. It's crazy. I don't think you need to hear anything else. That fact alone, that is just straight up. A, it's so brazen. A discrimination. It's there, it's there in the guidelines. It's it is like, a decision. They'll based, probably betray us. You know? <laughs> it's a decision based entirely on their race and religion. Ayo. How can you not call that discrimination? Ayo. Of course, there's all kinds of other things like housing discrimination, job discrimination, blah blah blah. Yeah, but but, no, but, the, but the worst part of discrim- yeah. the worst kind of discrimination, arguably, is the invisible discrimination. That's like it's just systematic. Not even systematic. Cause that's systematic, right? Mm-hmm. But like the stuff that's just like in people's perception mm-hmm. like which is exactly how the epay thing happened right. it's like this this is kind of funny right it's funny because they're brown check it out <laughs> that's the that's the tough one that's the yeah. shitty stuff the casual ones yeah yeah it just blew my mind that like i am close friends of people that have very different ideologies and it's completely fair it's completely fair because of like some people just grow up in certain bubbles like you said some yeah. people it's just invisible to them so you can't get upset if they yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't i wouldn't say yeah. it's fair but i i it's I, it's not unsurprising it's an unfortunate fact yeah and it's not because they made the decision to become that way it's it's not because they're racist no not at yeah. all it's really just like a it's it's a it's a unfortunate uh product of circumstance well they got to open their minds sheeple yeah what i'm saying yeah but it's also it's honestly made me like reconsider even more um, living my adult life in Singapore. Yeah. Not that I dislike this country. I think it has a lot to offer. I think it's very safe. I think it's extremely well-structured. It's well-managed and blah, blah, blah. It's just that in terms of uh, f- forming the way you think and forming just like your your thoughts and culture and whatever... I feel like this might not be the best place to raise children when oh. they are older. Oh, hot, hot, hot take, hot take. I would maybe, okay, like the first few years, definitely, you know, because you have the support system of the family, you have the safety of this country. But maybe, you know, once my kids turn five, six, you know, bounce right out of here. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. This is just a thought that I've kind of played with lately, especially now that I'm seeing, like, such a huge ideological difference from, like, people that I grew up with. And I don't, again... For the third time, I don't blame them. It's really not a decision that they made to be like, I want to be racist. No, it's just like the circumstance. I think also you got to, Nathan, you got to be the change in the world. You got to be like anonymous here. Try to fight it on the ground. Oh, no, no. These conversations went on for like many, many, like just like an hour or two of just like talking about this and like eventually uh, shifting some perspectives and changing some minds. Although I'm not sure if I changed them at the core. Um, But, you know, just... At least now they hear another side because straight up, sometimes a lot of people who who, who work nine to five jobs, they just don't really have these conversations because Mm. it's not, why would they worry really? If like their job is safe, if they have a ladder to climb that is very clearly set, why would the, why would the problems of a whole other group of people that they barely see or interact with then be a problem or a concern Mm. even? Because yeah, it's like, what kind of country do you want to live in? I guess. Mm-hmm. When you're a part of it, you're the artist and the canvas, Nathan. I just so don't want to live in a country where it's just like this bottled up resentment all the time. Because I feel like that's kind of that should be like our national flag. That's all countries, though. <laughs> this one more so than any, though, because like you're, you're, you, especially with the EPay thing, you can't just say what you feel. Mm. I mean, even this is this dangerous? <laughs> well, it's what we're doing, kind of dangerous. Am I going to get deported? And eh, we'll find out soon. <laughs> 
um, yeah, I love you, Singapore. Yay. 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 <laughs> no, I, 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 I truly, I, I, I like this place. I just think that there's a lot to be done in terms of like having, changing the status quo. Because like, hey, this, this whole thing, this whole defensiveness on either side, it's really just people being very happy with keeping things the way they are. I mean, that's the whole racial harmony thing, right? Yeah. They just the problem keep, is that yeah. people think we already have racial we harmony. Don't, I mean, people think we don't. They see a version of it. Yeah. I, I don't believe it doesn't exist entirely. I just think that there is... If racial harmony was a scale, like Singapore's maybe like at a 4.5, we can do a lot better. Everyone's very happy keeping the status quo. I'm curious. I'm curious like what countries are higher than that when (laughs) I think about it. I don't know. I don't know, right? Denmark? I don't know. Oh, the place that's all white? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Their their races are very harmonious because there's only one. Oh, boy. Um, Fucking Danes. (laughs) Um, but yeah, like I think it's it's less about being comfortable with the status quo and being willing to have a conversation or at least engage people in changing that status quo, moving things like a little bit forward. Yeah, you know, just a little bit, just changing that status quo because I feel like a lot of, especially like I was gonna say my generation, but just people like our age, mm. you know, like late twenties, early thirties, mm-hmm, and beyond, mm-hmm. would be more than happy if things just coasted as they are. And, you know, the country would not collapse and fall apart if they did. Mm-hmm. It's just that why not try to make it better if it can be? Yeah. Mm. That's what Michael Jackson was trying to say when he sang Heal the World. Before he touched all them kids. Uh, probably concurrently, <laughs> as probably while he was yeah. sleeping with the, the choreographer, Ben Singh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, rest in peace. Really? Um, yeah. Okay, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Sure. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Not really. Well, there is one more fan. Rest in peace, MCU Spider-Man. Oh, gosh. <laughs> is that confirmed? Confirmed? Um, I, It's confirmed for now, but anything can happen between now and then, I guess. Yeah, so we're talking about the fact that Sony Pictures and Marvel Studios couldn't come to agreement over the fucking f- money when it comes to Spider-Man. So it's... Sony was just like, he's ours again. Because mm. legally they still own the rights to Spider-Man in film. Yeah, because before um, they were lending him to Marvel Studios. Which was such a cool act. They were like, you guys are doing great shit. Let us allow you to do great shit. Everyone wins. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But so now they're like, I'm sure they. I'm sure Marvel made a boatload of money. I'm sure Sony made a boatload of money. But maybe one boat was bigger than the other boat. And now they're all fighting. At the main, at the, same, at the time we were just partying on the boats. It just like the blows rest of the world. We're just having a great time on the boats. It just blows my mind that this decision went through because it suggests that Sony thinks that they can keep that boat running without Marvel, um, without their characters, without yeah, the extended dumb. universe, without their it's, ability. Yeah, but I'm I'm curious Though, to see how they write them both out from both franchises. If they're even going to bother? I know they're going to do it. Oh. They're going to put Tom Holland into into the Spider Verse. <gasps> I'd watch that. I would, like actually. I, I want to see Miles Morales animated and then Tom Holland just like human form in the cartoon world, but not even drawn. It's it's honestly sh- like illogically weird shit like this that makes me believe that Trump is going to get reelected. Oh, shut up! <laughs> because it doesn't make any sense. Like they just thought that like oh Sony uh, the 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 biggest grossing movie of of Sony's history was because of us, not because it's of like Marvel. We, we finally cracked it. We cracked. We it. finally cracked it. We don't need Marvel anymore. Oh jeez. Oh man. Um, but did you see uh, what Tom Holland posted? He was like, "Oh, oh after he this, said something about it." Yeah, he's like, "After this, I want like I'll see if I can pull up the exact quote." But he was basically like, "It's been a crazy week, and I just want to say I love you 3000 mm, But that's that's MCU though. That's copyrighted. He can't oh say god! That. Oh my gosh! You can't say that. You can't say that. He's gonna get sued. <laughs> well, at least we're getting MCU Deadpool and MCU. Possibly Wolverine. I don't know. Oh, man. A lot of shit's crazy is coming out from the House of Mouse, man. Like D20. Was it D23? Is that what it's called? Yeah. It just Expo. happened. And like, Why I is it called D23? Because uh, 23 dicks um, are lined up yeah. in the shape of a Mickey Mouse head. Understood. Okay. And then at this expo with all the penises is um, all this news, man. Like I haven't... Again, this is just came out today, so I haven't really delved into it. But there's a new Star Wars trailer. There's new everything. Rise of Skywalker trailer. <laughs> yeah. Looks fucking confusing mm-hmm. and i'm hoping it was gonna be great oh, was there a new rise of skywalker trailer yeah oh i'm gonna watch that later yeah um i just find it funny because um i don't know if you follow um disney on twitter 
But no, d- during the the expo, they were posting some announcements, right? And they uh, they basically used Twitter to swing their dick around because Disney posted something, and then the Star Wars account po- uh, replied to them, and then the Marvel account replied to them. They're just talking to themselves like a bunch <laughs> of assholes. Much. They're just talking to themselves, but from the voices of these different huge franchises, <laughs> and just swinging that dick around. It's it's Swing it's it's a beautiful thing, but it's also terrifying because we're getting like there's so much good stuff coming out in November and December. Um, there's going to be a lot to talk about, but also like. Is is it oversaturated at this point? Is it? Are we kind of done? Cause I feel like Endgame was kind of like p- the pinnacle, and then now it's kind of the slow come down. But they're not letting us come down we'll because see, they're just shoving man. more things we'll down see, our throats. We'll see how it goes. It's gonna be a different pace. Like all, all I'll say is that um, I'm surprised I only watched Spider Man uh, Far From Home once. Like no, that you, was enough for me. Yeah, yeah. Once was enough for me. Okay. Did you watch it twice? Um. Yes, because we I watched missed, it once to get. Oh, cause you yeah. missed the first like act. F- fifteen minutes. Yeah. yeah, which which you were right when you told me that I didn't really miss anything. You didn't really miss much. But I still I, I wanted to see how they dealt with the post sure, sure, stuff because sure, 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 I didn't see it. But um, since we're talking about movies, I want to recommend a movie that should be out still in cinemas called Ready or Not. <gasps> Is it the sequel to Red Player One? No, unfortunately. Oh. Um, ready or not, it's a thriller. Don't worry if you're scared of horror movies. It's not yeah. that scary. It's not a horror movie. I'm gonna find It's just you. one of the most creative, original, well, bonkers-ass movies ever. Ready or not, here I come. <laughs> what are you singing? You can't hide. I'm gonna find you and make, take it. What's that song? Is that, called? Is that song called Ready or Not? I truly don't know what you're singing right now. Is it Mary J? No. Do you know this song? No. It's the Fugees. Oh. It's Lauren Hill, the Fugees, Ready mm, or no. Not. You can't hide. No idea. Anyway, is it good? Because I have friends text me to ask me if I can want to watch it tonight. It's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. You've got to suspend your disbelief like way up in the ceiling. I can do but, that. Yeah, but it's, a, it's so well put together. The lead actress does look distractingly like Margot Robbie, and that gets... You get over that after the first 20 minutes. But it is such a well-constructed movie. It's mm-hmm. such a weird premise. Mm-hmm. I ha- I went in without, without knowing anything about it. And you're saying that's the way to do it, right? Like, yeah, Because I haven't seen it. a trailer. I haven't seen a poster. I barely know the title. I watched the trailer after I watched the movie. And I was like, holy shit, they give away like the whole movie in the trailer. So okay. don't watch the trailer. But if it's you not that scary. Like Rachel Jenkins can watch it. It's really, I think the whole movie has like one jump scare. Okay. No, but even then, it's like it's 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 not. Trust me, it's not scary. Scary. Okay. It's not the kind where like it's gonna keep you up at night. Not at all. Okay. Cool. You're gonna leave the cinema with a smile on your face. Okay. Yeah. Thinking about it. Thinking about it. Ready or not. Ready or not. So you have to watch Ready or Not. You have to watch Caught when that comes out. Yeah. It's just diff- I guess it's, it's just because it's difficult to, to come across like truly original movies nowadays, mm-hmm. and I feel like most of those original scripts are going to like thrillers and horrors. Okay, let me ask you this. Yeah. Because you made that up. Is Ready or Not sort of in the realm of um, um, Jordan Peele's movies? Ooh, no, not at is all. Is it a get out? I would is say it... it's closer to like, in terms of, it's it's not that deep. Oh, okay. It's, it's more akin to like Happy Death Day. Slash uh, oh, happy I Death love Day Happy Day. Death Day. Yeah, the, the kind of like, it's, it's a fun time in the cinema. It's kind of weird. It's kind of genre specific. Fun fact, I brought Nathan to Happy Death Day 2 and he had not seen Happy Death Day 1. It was still great. Is that what it's called, by the way? Happy, happy Death, Death Day, Day to, you. to You. That's yeah. what it was. I still had fun. But yeah, um, incur- I, I just support original movies. Support original scripts because... If not, we're just going to keep getting fucking Disney remakes. And I'm okay with that. I'm not. I'm like, you got to pay your water bill. You got to pay your electricity bill. You got to pay your Disney bill. We and I'm f- down like for we it. We fucking got Aladdin, Dumbo, Al-Hadin. and uh, Dumbo. Lion King in the same year. Lady and the Tramp 2 is going to make it. It's- Lady, Lady and the Tramp's coming out this year, right? Yeah. Live action Lady and the Tramp. It's just pace it out a little bit. Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, what if, what if they want to get it in before people die? Okay, global then. warming alright then that's 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 like the argument to and end all arguments I feel like that's like on that note <laughs> on that note oh man this is fun you're right Nathan we should record this more often what <laughs> what the show yeah the podcast <laughs> yes preferably once a week like you should feel good about supporting this show because we're not supported by Disney we ain't got the mouse yet. yet. Disney, <laughs> next next week next week this episode is sponsored by Disney Plus <laughs> I, I would be down for that also, immediately going to be signing up for Disney Plus. Is it available outside of the U.S.? I don't know. It better it, it, be. Yeah, it'd be dumb it if it not wasn't. Because the DC one wasn't. Yeah, but who gives a shit about DC? Doom Patrol was great. Who gives a shit? About Doom 
<laughs> Doom Patrol was great. It was so Doom good. Patrol was definitely a show. Doom Patrol was amazing, and then the boys came out, so it's difficult. And the boys to, blew it out of the water. It kind of did, but Doom Patrol was more artful. Doom Patrol was more of a character study. The boys was more of a well-told story. Yeah, that's true. They're different. Anyway, check out the boys as well. Side check note. out the boys. Don't check out the Doom Patrol. Check out the boys. Oh man, but this is pretty cool, Nathan. I, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm very comfortable in your room. Get out. The, the Jordan Peele movie. Jordan Peele's Get Out. Jordan Peele's Get Out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Guys, this has been awesome. So happy to be back in your ear holes. Yeah. So happy to be in your ear holes, Nathan. Yeah. And you too, Rachel. Yeah. She just gave me a look that says, I love you more than anything. <laughs> All right. Thanks to the hang, Nathan. Thanks for the hang. Oh, and check out our article on Straits Times. Bye. Oh, drop it. It's to be. It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. What a good way, what a good sign, what a good thing. It's a good day for a good time with a good hang.